Every American Yet, the podcast where men from across the F3 nation get real, get vulnerable, and share their stories as they've grown from sad clowns to high-impact men. I'm your host, Short Circuit, and each week I'm joined by another member of F3 who is willing to step out, be vulnerable, and share his story with the F3 nation. So, without further ado, here's today's show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of F3 American Yammer. I am your host, the shortest of all possible circuits. No circuits are shorter than me. On the nation's fourth best podcast out of four. Today we're on episode 39 and joining me all the way from Raleigh is Fry Daddy. So Fry Daddy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. All right. So quick disclaimer, uh, I want to give a shout out to Midget for Life. Uh, who also can apparently not hold cadence during a convergence workout. Um, but T claps to Midget uh, for setting us up. I know he kind of put a shout out on on Twitter and said, hey, you know, you might want to go talk to uh, to John Fry. And so I uh, definitely want to thank him for for getting us connected. And I'm, I'm glad we were able to do this. All right. So name Arama, name, age, F3 name. Okay. My name is John Fry, uh, F3 Fry Daddy, age 38. Fry Daddy. Awesome. Now, how long have you been a, a Raleigh PAX? I'm just over three years now. So I, I had my first workout back in late August of 2016, somewhere around August 26, I believe. Gotcha. Okay. So in the past three years, have you have you seen Raleigh grow? Has it been pretty pretty substantial, the, the growth that you've seen from that? Yeah, it has. It was um, it was pretty big while I was, you know, just in the beginning stages, but it's um, it's gotten much bigger. Um, a lot of new workouts have started. I actually started one called F3 Sasquatch on Monday mornings in Raleigh. So we've definitely seen things grow quite a bit. Gotcha. Okay. So you even had a hand in some of that for you talking about starting up Sasquatch. And is that like a boot camp or is that more weights running? Yeah, it's a boot camp on um, Monday mornings over in, in Mordecai, kind of an area just east of downtown Raleigh that we started. So it's, uh, it's a, a boot camp style workout for sure. Cool. Oh, that's awesome. Well, yeah, definitely three years is, is enough. I know, especially especially with the explosive growth of F3, uh, three years will definitely do it. Now, now, where do you typically post? What does your normal week look like? Um, I, I post kind of all over Raleigh. Um, these days, I do a few boot camp workouts um, throughout the week and have kind of a trail running group that, uh, called Happy Trails that we do a little um, – kind of offset of F3 on Wednesdays and Fridays and go out and do some trail running on the single track in the woods. So I'm, I'm usually with a group of F3 guys um, six days a week for sure right now. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, and it sounds like too, what you were saying is that it's not always exclusively F3 guys, um, definitely surrounded by it. But uh, what am I trying to say? Not exclusive to F3 from some of those trail runnings with the, the Happy Trails group. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. So I, I go to a lot of official workouts and then we kind of have some things that we just do on our own. It's all F3 guys. They're just not quite official AOs yet, or we haven't figured out how to incorporate them uh, safely with, with trail running and things like that. Gotcha. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that and just kind of giving us a little backstory there. Um, now, it's six days a week, I'm sure, I'm sure guys are going to find you at some point. And so now they know uh, where they can find you if they need to. All right, so let's get into the meat of this thing. Let's talk life before F3. So 
what was fitness like for Fry Daddy leading all the way up um, up until that first workout? Were you kind of more of a sports guy or more of an endurance athlete? Uh, how would you have defined your, your fitness before F3? Well, that's a, an interesting question in my life. Um, you know, I've always been kind of into sports. I did a lot of baseball, basketball in high school. And then, you know, I did a fair bit of running um, in college and hiking and um, a lot of excursions on remote areas of fly fishing and things like that. But I've also struggled with alcoholism and drug addiction for a lot of my life. So um, running was always kind of a way that I'd start my morning just to sweat out the night before and make make myself feel a little bit better about who I was. Um, So I've always struggled with that a little bit. It was always kind of one step forward, two steps back kind of thing for me. So I've always been a very active person, um, but it's up until getting introduced to F3 and um, beginning to live a sober life that I could really move forward with my fitness. Gotcha. Okay. So, and, and that's, that's an interesting sort of dichotomy um, or just a juxtaposition, if you will, if I could use a big word, um, just kind of setting side by side that active athletic endurance kind of nature, especially with running. Um, and and dealing with those uh, the drug and alcohol addiction. I mean, definitely that, that those are two things that don't seem to really go hand in hand too much. I'd say. Yeah, I agree. It was kind of um, it was a weird little world that I lived in there for a little while, you know. Um, but I, you know, I, I would just feel a little bit better about myself if I went out running the next morning after a long day of drinking. Or um, it was also a kind of way I, I would justify some of my behavior as well. You know, I wouldn't feel that bad about starting to drink early on a Saturday morning if I'd already gone out and done some running. So um, definitely a weird little relationship with it there for several years. Gotcha. All right. And definitely thanks for sharing that as well. I, I don't know how many of our listeners know about some of that from your past. And I, I know that we're going to get into it through your story here, but I appreciate you hitting it right out, right out of the gate. Yeah, no problem. All right. All right. So we know that you've got some of these these activities, the, the running, some of the sports early on, and then for the most part, staying very active, um, including during those times when you're battling uh, drug and alcohol addiction. Let's talk about the fellowship piece. So before F3, how would you have described the nature of your relationships? What did, what did those really look like or consist of? Well, those kind of go hand in hand with um, some of my battle with, with addiction also is um, I had a lot of really great friends kind of in younger life and going through college and um, kind of begin to separate away from all those relationships kind of the older I got. And, um, you know, it was kind of a selfish life that I was living. So I didn't have a whole lot of relationships the last few years before I got introduced to F3 if it wasn't um, if there wasn't something I could get from somebody. You know, that's just kind of a way active addiction goes in a lot of people. So. I didn't have meaningful relationships. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of people I could count on. Nobody could really count on me. So um, unfortunately, that's just kind of part of how addiction rolls. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that absolutely makes sense. And I could see 100% how that would tie back into uh, what you're talking about, the, the drug and alcohol addiction and, and being fairly you know, unreliable. And then the, the relationships that you do have are, are very kind of uh, worn down or war-torn, right? Yeah, for sure. It was, um, you know, it puts a stress on on relationships that you have with anyone. Um, And the further, further you get in addiction, it's kind of the disease wants you to be alone all the time. And 
um, you know, that was, that was a perfect day for me was to be alone and, and have enough money and be able to do whatever I wanted to uh, without anybody messing with me. So it was um, definitely strange. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and definitely, you know, that, that aspect that, you know, even guys who don't struggle with drug and alcohol addiction uh, that, you, that you pointed out right there, which was kind of the um, accountable to no man perspective, right? Uh, I, I, I think that's something that, that men in general, we, all, we always kind of inherently struggle with in, in some respects. I'm sure uh, dealing with an addiction on that level just makes it that much worse. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's that's a good uh, subject there. You know, I was I did nef- definitely did not want any kind of accountability to deal with anybody. You know, I didn't. Um, that was something I pushed away big time and strove for was, um, you know, as long as I didn't have to deal with anybody or <clears throat> um, make anybody happy, I was I was going to be better off the way I was rolling those days. Understood. Understood. All right. So we know about the fitness aspect. So you had some sports early on. Running was one of those things that um, really kind of kept you going um, despite the, the the addiction there. The fellowship piece, you had virtually separated from most of your deep and meaningful relationships. You really spent a lot of alone time. And, and as we talked about, kind of having that accountable to no man type perspective uh, towards your life. So that tells us about the the fitness and the fellowship aspect. Let's talk about the faith piece. And and really what I'm asking here is tell me about how you viewed faith from the perspective of of any 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 number of those those facets of faith that we talk about, right? Uh, community impact, something greater than yourself or even a, a personal belief system. How would you have described that to someone, uh, really anyone before F3 came along? Okay. Yeah, that's a good one also. So I was, I guess you would call it just kind of drifting along, um, waiting for the next best thing to happen. I didn't, you know, I'd, I'd been to churches when I was younger growing up and, and kind of separated from that when I was allowed to make some of my own decisions around 15 or 16. Um, but it, it was kind of a self-centered life where, you know, I've, I've tried to do everything on my own for a lot of years. Um, so it was, you know, it was just me going out alone. I didn't need to ask anybody um, how to do things. You know, I would just kind of jump in there and try to figure everything out on my own, which I've realized in the last few years is a really terrible way to go about life. And, um, you know, as, as far as like the sobriety thing, I've, I'd struggled with addiction for a long time, but I, I really had no faith in anything Um being spiritual or anything bigger than myself at all. It was kind of just um, me waiting one day for some miracle to happen. Like maybe one day I'll wake up and this won't be me, or maybe one day I won't wake up at all, or maybe um, something would just drop out of the sky and happen. And it's kind of how I was doing things. Gotcha. Gotcha. Understood. Well, thank you very much for sharing that too. I know that the faith piece is um, definitely a struggle. And especially, you know, when you, as you mentioned, kind of coming at it from this perspective of drifting and making those decisions when you were younger to say, well, I'm, I'm going to kind of disassociate myself uh, from from the church aspect and then starting to to see where that was ultimately taking you in combination with <clears throat> the drug and alcohol addiction and then sort of kind of seeing it unfold from this perspective of um, no faith or just kind of being on your own, which ties back into the fellowship piece. Um, I know that those are, I know that that's a difficult question, I think, for most guys to answer, uh, but I, I appreciate you sharing kind of how 
uh, that that was shaped how how it looked before F3. So so thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. All right, so so that that gives us a, a clearer picture now of Friday's life before F3. So um, you know you've got the the running and the, and some of the fitness in the background mm-hmm. set side by side against the the backdrop of addiction. No meaningful relationships, um, as, you, as you kind of pointed out, living a, a effectively kind of a, a selfish lifestyle and separating from those those meaningful relationships. You're alone a lot of the time, and then you're, you're drifting. No real faith base, um, and not even playing into the aspect of religion, but no real purpose or meaning outside of yourself other than just kind of taking it the day by day. So that gives us kind of a, a summary there of, of what life was like before. So let's step now into the time period when you sort of were first introduced to F3. So so first off, that first workout, who who EH'd you? Okay, well, that's, that's an interesting story. So I didn't particularly get EH'd by anyone um, except you know, I was, so I'd gotten to healing transitions on August 19th, 2016, which is my sobriety date. And then I was, I was hospitalized for several days for, um, alcohol withdrawal seizures. And I came back to the, um, I was released from the hospital on Thursday and came back to healing transitions on a Friday. And, um, they have a workout there that F3 brings in on Friday afternoon called the arena. And it's, um, it's an afternoon workout at 2:30 PM. So um, it was kind of a guy, a lot of guys standing around out there um, waiting to go to this class in the afternoon. And someone approached me out there about a little workout deal that they had going on. And um, I think it may have been Vector Victor, which is Will Roach in the Raleigh F3 area. And um, he he approached me and was like, hey, come out and try this little workout. And at, at that point, you know, I was... Um, dealing with a lot of emotions and feelings I'd never had before, um, not having any alcohol or drugs in my system. So exercising and working out was kind of the, the only outlet I had at that point to kind of get rid of any um, extra anxiety and um, clear my head a little bit. Yeah. Well, it sounds like, too, since you had already had some of that that fitness element from the background or in your background, even when you were going through uh, the addiction that naturally it just kind of made sense that, Hey, this could be uh, the perfect outlet to be able to kind of help you through this next phase of, uh, of finding that healing. Right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, it definitely fit right into my agenda at that point. And, um, it was a tough workout. So it's, it's only a 30 minute workout on Friday afternoons, but obviously late August in Raleigh at two thirty PM is, um, very hot <laughs> time of year. And as you can imagine, my, I was not in very good shape those days, you know, my blood pressure was very high and, um, you know, coming off of everything. So it was probably, um, low nineties, the temperature that day. And, um, I definitely barely made it through that for sure. It's kind of a haze. That whole few months of my life is a little bit of a haze, but, um, somehow I made it through and Victor Victor is a guy that named me, um, there's kind of, there's a lot of strange names that get thrown around at the arena, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, having a workout in a place like that, but somehow I came out with the name Fry Daddy. Um, also, my last name is Fry, so we're there's still a lot of confusion about how that happened. But <laughs> that's the story of that day. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess it just kind of flowed right out, right? More than likely, you probably gave your last name, and they're like, "Oh, there it is." Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And uh, there's they usually have to name several people at that workout every week. There's a lot of new guys in and out. So it's not unusual to have six, eight 
FNGs um, every week or so out there. So, gotcha. Now I, I'm curious too. That I mean that that's really incredible that that you guys have that workout right there. And it sounds like maybe that workout was exclusively designed for the men coming through healing transitions. Do do you know if that was indeed the case? Yeah, it was. So um, I guess I think the Charlotte packs had taken um, a year or so earlier, a workout into the men's homeless shelter in downtown Charlotte. And I think it kind of morphed out of that. And um, there were some, some board members in F3, um, some board members at healing transitions and they had thrown the ideas around of, I think this would be really good for guys new in a recovery. And uh, so they started bringing a workout in over there on Friday afternoons. And it's been, been very successful for me and a lot of guys that I work out with these days that um, have gotten into F3 just through that outlet that probably never would have found it before. Oh, that's awesome. And now have you had a chance since to actually go back and, and cue that workout? I, I imagine so, right? Yeah, so that's uh, that's part of the deal. Is I I go back down there a lot. I try to go at least twice a month, um, work permitting. But I always I, I I usually try to queue maybe five or six times a year down there and uh, spend a lot of time with those guys. It's morphed into a Tuesday morning workout called the Trudge. Also, um, oh wow, okay. So I get to go down there quite a bit and hang out with the guys, and um, you know, hopefully share my experience with them and where F3 and recovery has taken me. So that's a big, big part of my recovery at this point in my life. Okay. Well, that's awesome. And yeah, definitely. It sounds like it's a great avenue, not only to be able to, to get plugged in with F3, uh, but then also to be able to kind of go back afterwards and, and continue to encourage kind of the, the next group of guys coming in. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's part of the whole deal with recovery and F3 is, um, you know, sharing your experience. Um, you can't keep it unless you give it away kind of attitude. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. That's great. All right. Well, let's, let's talk now. I mean, you, you have, you have this very, very deep, very raw uh, history before F3. Uh, we know about that first workout and, and how you got plugged in and connected within F3. And now let's talk life since F3. So, how has your fitness, how have you seen your fitness change since getting involved with F3? I know previously you were talking about how you did a lot of running. Sounds like you still do a considerable amount of running, especially with you've got the, the Oakwood 24 coming up. Um, and and how, have, how have you seen it change or, or how has it impacted your life as a result? Yeah, well, my, my fitness level has definitely changed drastically um, for sure. You know, I, I jumped right into F3 and was able you know, I could only do kind of one a week um, with the program that I was going through down there. So I was kind of constricted to just the Friday afternoon workouts. And as you move through this program down there, you get a little more freedom um, the further you go along. So eventually I was able to start going out in the mornings and ended up started riding my bike to workouts um, all over Raleigh from from the Healing Transition Center down there. Um, so I was I was right on it as soon as I could going out. Um, six days a week, you know, sometimes doubling down on Saturday, um, and ended up getting in pretty good shape from all of it. You know, um, it's kind of morphed into me becoming a big time runner and, um, kind of started a little ultra, ultra running phase of my life here. So it's been really good for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Now, did you find that 
previously you were already into sort of the in, um, the distance or endurance running before, and this just kind of helped it, or was was the the distance and the ultra running kind of something that that came out of your your time with F3? Yeah, well, um, no, I'd never done any extremely long events before. You know, I've, I've, I would go out for an hour and two and run, but um, I just found out that kind of the stubbornness of, of being an alcoholic and um, a lot of people in recovery are very good at endurance running and ultra running and events like that. So I've actually got introduced to a guy down there um, named Charlie Engel that's a big um, ultra runner and um, he gave me a copy of his book Running Man that I that I read while I was down in the program there that just kind of struck a chord with me on just about everything he was doing. So I had a couple crazy friends down there that were thinking about doing this 100 mile race out in Utah called the Zion 100. Um, and this is just when I was finishing up the program down there. So I started training with this guy, Charlie Engel. We did some long runs over in Umstead Park in Raleigh. And, um, you know, but we'd go out for three or four hours and I'd feel pretty good. It was still a struggle. And um, I ended up going down and doing a race called the El Zorro 24 with him down in Clinton, North Carolina. And ended up um, he was just going into it, you know, well, if you run for six hours and feel good, keep going. If you run for 12, keep going and feel good. So I ended up doing my first 100 mile race down there with him. Um so that's kind of how I got into this endurance stuff was having a great mentor like Charlie Engel, you know, help me through. And um, big part of it was having him down at that first race on how to stay hydrated and, and keep my nutrition going and um, really be able to last throughout the whole event. Oh, that's great. I mean, especially too, um, you know, coming off of the, the addiction, getting really involved with this endurance running and then being able additionally to now have a mentor who's going to help, you know, guide and coach you through it. I and mean, that sounds incredible. And definitely, you know, those endurance events, I mean, a hundred miles, I sit here and complain about if I have to run five sometimes, so I can't imagine running 100, but that's definitely um, really an, an incredible, an incredible aspect to kind of your, your testimony through all of this. And that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. He's, he's become a great mentor. He's actually going to be running with us in this event. Um, he's hoping to come and do at least half of it. He's got, you know, a lot of big things going on in his career, but he, he comes back down at HT and is active there and he does a very long run, um, in Raleigh for his sobriety birthday also. So he's, he's been in recovery for 20 plus years. And, um, so I, I couldn't think of anybody else that I relate to kind of more than him. It's, it's kind of a, a perfect relationship. That's great. And definitely that, that leads us right into, uh, the the next F piece, right, which is the fellowship piece. So previously you were saying that you'd kind of separated from all real meaningful relationships, kind of living this this selfish existence, stating I'm just going to be alone all the time. I'm not going to be accountable to anybody. I'm just going to be by myself. Having said that, how has that changed as a result of F3? I mean, it sounds like as you as you just brought on having that relationship with uh, with Charlie right there, you know, it seems like you you've already started to kind of um, expand the bounds, right, of, of fellowship and relationship. How else has that been impacted through F3? Yeah, well, the, the fellowship is definitely the glue that, that got me hooked. You know, it was, um, I'd, I'd had friends in the past and it was always based around going out and drinking or um, doing something kind of crazy or stupid. And it was always based around some event, but um, 
there were all these factors, you know, if we, if we weren't drinking, I, we didn't really have a whole lot in common. And um, so coming in F3 was just a bunch of guys that were very open and transparent and, um, you know, had really no reason to want to hang out with me except to, to learn my story and help me through a really difficult um, period in my life for sure. And I, I latched on to a few guys that kind of head off the workout down in, um, at healing transitions like Duff and countrywide and, um, these guys peach bit that, um, were there by my side the whole time I was going through the program is, you know, first year of sobriety is a really tough time in your life. So, um, becoming friends with those guys and then taking me out to breakfast and taking me to church and things like that, um, was a huge, huge part of my life at that point. Gotcha. No, that's great. And yeah, especially having those guys, you called out Duff, Countrywide, and Peach Pit. I mean, absolutely having those those guys alongside you, it sounds like, really made all the difference compared to where you were previously, and especially as you went through uh, healing transitions there. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I got introduced to just tons of great guys. I still haven't met a bad guy in F3 anywhere, all the travels and everywhere I've been. Um, so it's just been, you know, I'm so grateful for that every day that I have, you know, my phone is just full of solid guys that I can reach out to, you know, no matter what I needed, um, for any aspect of my life, which has been a real blessing. Absolutely. Well, that's great. <clears throat> and, and, and thank you very much for, for calling those guys out. I'm sure they're really going to appreciate being, being, uh, noticed and, and called out in that respect, uh, as part of your story. So coming now to the faith piece. So we saw previously that you had mentioned that when you were about 15, 16, you stepped away from uh, any any church-related activity. Uh, and that's not to say that all of a sudden now <laughs> through F3, you're, you're back into church or anything like that. And I know even before the podcast, you and I were discussing that the faith piece is critical, but it's different in that respect. So um, I'll open it up again and say, you know, how is your faith kind of looking holistically at, at something beyond yourself and living for something greater than yourself? Or uh, how has that changed as a result of F3? What have you seen has kind of been the big difference? Yeah, so I've, I just went from kind of drifting along to having, you know, no, no faith at all and didn't really care what happened in the future to, um, you know, after getting sober and figuring out that you know, I should have been gone a long time ago through, you know, multiple overdoses and uh, driving accidents and things like that, that, um, you know, something something bigger than myself had saved me. And um, I had some work to do here on Earth before that, or I would have been gone a long time ago. And, um, you know, initially I got I got taught at F3 and in recovery that just to learn that that you know, just the group around you is, is something bigger than yourself to look up to, you know, if you can't, um, kind of wrap your head around, you know, a whole spiritual experience yet, just use the people around you and say, Hey, this group of people in 12 step recovery are bigger than me. We're stronger as a group. Um, therefore just have some faith in them, have some faith in the F3 guys around you that, you know, I don't have to do any of this alone anymore. It was kind of the big, um, concept for me to grasp was, you know, um, I'm so much better with a group of other men, um, making decisions and going through life and sharing and being transparent than I am, um, trying to do all this stuff alone, which is where I was for most of my life. Gotcha. Well, that's, that's incredible. And I love your quote there too. I mean, it's a solid reminder in that case, 
of I don't have to do this alone. And that's absolutely kind of looking beyond yourself and saying like, hey, there are these guys around me, as you as you're pointing out, there's these guys around me and they are they're definitely in my court and, and we're all working uh, kind of towards that. And I think that absolutely does look look to something greater than, than just the, the individual, right? It, it absolutely looks to kind of the, the team dynamic and, and plays into the faith aspect. So, yeah, so it's, it's turned into kind of a faith that, that's around me all the time through how people speak to me in different situations, through different people that I meet, through the experiences I have out in nature. So it's um, kind of a whole different spiritual realm that I've, that I'm just beginning to kind of realize it's um, made a huge difference in my life. That's awesome. All right. Well, Friday, thank you very much for sharing everything here. I mean, this is, this has been an incredible story and just to kind of hear how you've gone from having this, you know, this, this really incredible addiction. I use incredible, not, not in the, not in the good sense in this case, but um, this, this addiction and then moving through that and how F3 has helped transform you um, to, to really looking outside yourself, no longer taking it day by day, no longer kind of living that, that selfish uh, lifestyle that you were talking about and, and finding those guys that you can come alongside, um, impacting your, your fitness and to your point, exclusively really impacting your fellowship. Uh, definitely. Thank you very much for sharing all of that. Yeah. And no problem. I, I love sharing the story and, um, you know, F3 has just been such a blessing to me, um, I can't say enough about it or I can't imagine where I would be right now without it. So it's, it's an easy thing for me to talk about. That's great. Now, before we close it out, do you have any closing thoughts for the packs that you'd like to share? Um, Scripture lyrics, uh, something that's meant to you, what would you like to leave um, with the, with the packs who are listening? Well, kind of a a, a lot, a lot of the mottos that I have are, um, you know, we all get blessed with a new day every day and we have, a few moments every morning when you wake up to make a decision that can can change your life, change your your whole day, your outlook on that day. And that's, the, you know, am I going to be positive today? Am I going to try to help someone? Um, am I going to try to be a little bit better than yesterday? And am I going to be willing and open to, to kind of everything out there, you know, not be judgmental and just be have an open mind about everything, um, I think is a great way to live and go about your life and have a little gratitude every morning. And then the other thing, I'm, I'm a big action guy. Um, a lot of recovery is based in action. I always go with the motto that mood follows action. Um, so if I'm not feeling right, it's usually because I haven't put the work in that day. I haven't done something, um, that I should be doing. So, um, life is so much easier if I've, I've already reached out to somebody and shared a little bit of how I'm feeling that day. If I've already worked out that morning, if I've already tried to help someone, um, my day goes a lot smoother than the days where I just keep wrapped up in my head about what could be better, what, what I could have done, um, that kind of thing. I, f- I feel like action is just the key to everything. Awesome. Well, that, that's a, that's a great, uh, great statement right there for the packs. Just, just as a reminder uh, to be consistently vigilant about uh, how your mood is is affected ultimately by your by your actions there. So thank you very much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if guys want to get in touch with you, what is the best method for them to do that? Okay. Um, well, there's there's at F3 Fry Daddy. That's F R E Y Daddy. Um, they can get 
in touch with me on Twitter. Also, my, my phone number is 252-269-1077. So anybody could reach out to me kind of anytime they wanted to about anything. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for being for being transparent on those things um, and, and definitely for sharing your contact info. So if guys want to get in touch with you, they absolutely can. Yeah. So I, w- I wanted to go a little bit into the actual event and when that was going to be. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the, the Oakwood 24. I know that that's coming up and, and we want to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, I'd, I'd gotten into running these big ultra races. So at the end of, of last year of 2018, I kind of wanted to get one more big race in and um, it felt a little selfish that I was kind of just paying money to go run these races. And um, I, I was like, I, I think I could do one of these backyard ultras in the Raleigh area and and raise some money and the healing transitions was trying to fill some some holes they had in their operating budget um so i was like i think i could get a lot of guys to come out and run with me maybe i can get them to pledge a, a per mile amount and i'm gonna go raise some money for the healing transition so um i came up with this crazy idea i live in the oakwood neighborhood in east raleigh and there's a um historic cemetery right near the house so Essentially, I said, well, I'm going to go over here and run for 24 hours and I'm going to tell guys to give me a quarter or 50 cents or a dollar for every mile I do and um, see how many I can do. So we, we came up with this idea for the Oakwood 24, um, which we did last year, and it went really well. I had um, probably a couple hundred people come out um, throughout the entire event. We had great weather and ended up running uh, right around 109 miles and, and raise, um, almost $40,000 for the Healing Transitions operating budget. So this year we are essentially doing the same thing again, just a little bit bigger. And, um, our goal this year is a hundred thousand dollars. We're going to do it on December 21st, which is the Saturday before Christmas. Uh, I'm going to run from 3 PM Saturday to 3 PM Sunday. Um, and we have a lot of guys that are coming out that have never run this far before. I think I have about 10 or 12 guys that are going to go for 100 miles this year. So it's going to be a fun family event. Um, you don't have to run a long ways. Most people just come out and run one or two laps, which is it's a two-mile lap out there in the cemetery. Um, there's no traffic or anything, so you can bring your kids. You can ride your bike. You can uh, just come hang out and do anything you want out there. So, um if you if you would like to come out, come on out to Oakwood Cemetery on December twenty first. Awesome. Well, Friday, Eddie, thanks very much again for for sharing that. Um, I know that's it's kind of been a a big thing that by the time this episode airs, guys will have heard about <laughs> through the the previous podcast because uh, I'll have advertised it there for you. But um, definitely an exciting thing for you, and and definitely a best of luck as you uh as you navigate 24, 24 hours running there. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough, but it's, it's going to be fun. And um, I, th- I think it's going to be a great event. We're, we're trying to have this as kind of a staple fundraiser for Healing Transitions moving forward here in the future. So um, I think we're well on our way now. That's great. All right. Well, that closes out Episode 39, Fright Addy. Thank you very much again for joining us today. Yeah, thank you so much. No problem. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Stay sharp, and we will see you in the gloom. Won't you send it southbound Give a cool blues man name Thanks for listening to this episode of American Yammer. If you're interested in sharing your F3 story, reach out to us at f3americanyammer at gmail.com. Again, that's f3americanyammer at gmail.com. 
or on Twitter at F3AmericanGamer. Until next time, stay sharp, and we'll see you in the gloom. Put on a cell side of heaven, won't you tip me?